Well, brothers and sisters, uh, the sermon's going to be a little bit different today um, because today is a special occasion. This is a momentous occasion uh, in the life of this church um, that I've been thinking about for quite a while. Um, And if you're visiting, if you're newer to our church, allow me to kind of bring you up to speed to where we've been the last few years. And if you're a regular, you're a member, allow me to remind you where we've been and all that God has done as we've worked together. Uh, Back in 2017 and 2018, as a church, we decided we wanted to get clear about our mission. Uh, We remembered that this church was planted by the Glen Ellen Covenant Church to be a missionary congregation in this community. It was planted as a missionary endeavor, a a place of witness and a place of healing for the community that would eventually live and work and play in South Wheaton and the greater area. And we named that our mission together has, uh, is and has always been intentionally connecting people to a compelling Christian community so that people can grow as disciples of Jesus so we can fulfill our mission of reaching our neighbors around us for Christ. And with this mission in mind, we named two goals, uh, which we, we called Focused Outreach and Renewed Community. We realized that our number one priority was to be who we were called to be, a missionary congregation in our community. We knew that we had to focus on reaching outward in love and service and healing ministries to our community. And we also knew that we had to renew what has made us strong, our collective friendships and communities and our love within this congregation. And so with those two goals in mind, we we pursued aligning really our entire church around those two goals. Our entire structure, we wanted to align with those two things and our greater mission. And the building was one major facet in this plan. Uh, Last night and today have been the celebration of a three-year building project. Um, It's been a long time in the making, uh, but by God's incredible grace, poured out and experienced by your generosity, we were able to update a 50-year-old church building. It's amazing. Our entire physical structure has been renovated. And I want to remind you that we did this not for our comfort, not for our pleasure. It's a tool for the mission God has given us in this time, in this season. It's for His purposes, His kingdom, His glory. In everything that we did with the building, we asked How can we help people connect with each other better? How can we be hospitable to guests that we want to invite with us on this journey? How can our building be used as a tool for outreach in our community? The building was all about focused outreach, renewed community. So we refreshed our physical structure to align with our vision, but not only that, we've been hard at work, friends, aligning our, what I would say is our operational structure around these things. How we operate as a church, the first things we did is we reorganized our staff to help us focus on those two key priorities, outreach and connection. And that's culminated in the position that Pastor Zach's now has. We redid our governance. We have our leadership discerning the future and what the Holy Spirit is guiding our church to do. Our teams, our volunteers, they're freed up to organize, meet, and plan as is best for their ministry. In addition to all this, we've been looking at our branding, our website, our newsletter, our communications, our online presence, and more. 
In summary, both our physical and our operational structures have been refreshed. Glory to God. I say all this because I believe now we are primed to enter a new season, a season of healthy growth. I believe we are now primed to flourish as a community of disciples. Recently, Laura and I, we decided to become gardeners. We've never gardened before. We have no idea what we're doing. We had to learn a whole lot, and we still don't know what we're doing. And we learned how much prep work is involved in getting ready to garden. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I see some nodding heads. There's a lot of work in getting it ready. I, first off, I had to watch in our yard uh, what different parts got sunlight when and how much sunlight was hitting that part of the yard for how many hours because you need lots of sunlight for the plants to grow. So I had to stake that out. Then we had to determine what size of garden do we want. So once we figured that out by looking at you know, all these kinds of dimensions, then we staked it out, then we spray painted where we wanted the garden, and then we had to till it all up, rake out all the grass, rake out all the gunk. Then we had to decide what we wanted to plant in the garden and dig up the spots where we're going to plant them, plant them in and water it. And, and we still have yet to build a fence around it, but we're going to need to build a fence to go around, around it so that the critters don't eat what we're growing, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. See, we had to do a lot of structural work to support the healthy growth of the plants that we want to see bear fruit. The preparing the soil, the building the fence, the, we made comp, we're making compost. All of these things, they're not directed towards the plants themselves, but they provide the necessary system, the necessary structure for healthy things to thrive and flourish. And now that the structure is there, the focus is on the plants and the growth. And we're actually beginning to harvest even some green beans this fall. It's been fun to watch. And I, say, I actually believe this is where we're at as a church. Our new structure is ready for healthy growth to emerge. This is why I'm titling our new sermon series, Grow Together, Flourishing as Disciples in Community. Today, I'm going to briefly talk about one of the most essential ingredients for growth, and that's growing in the Word. One of our church values is everything centered on the Word of God. And you heard Eliza read the well-known Psalm 1 to you this morning. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles or on your phones if you'd like to uh, look at that. Um, when I set out to do this series, I did not really intend this. I should have, but this is actually the perfect bridge from the Sermon on the Mount into our next series because at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was talking about the two ways, and that is what Psalm 1 is talking about as well. The first way, the way of the wicked, leads to destruction, but the way of the righteous, we know, leads to life. And the psalmist begins by saying, blessed, or how happy is the person who avoids the way of the wicked. They don't follow their advice, they don't walk in their counsel, they don't stand on that path, they don't sit down in their company. Friends, if we want to see spiritual growth, we have to avoid that path. The path of the ungodly. Biblical scholar John Goldingay says, if you want to avoid that way and stick with the company of the faithful, you need to watch who you walk with, where you stand around, 
who your friends are. Friends, if you want to follow Jesus passionately, find some other people who want to do the same thing and stay connect, connected with them and don't let them go. And I think just look around you right now. You got a bunch of people who really want to do that. We really want to follow Jesus and we want to do it together. We're here to be that community for you, to passionately follow Jesus. And this is true of any area of life. You know, the social scientists will tell you if you want to make a, a change, if you want to change something in your life, find other people who want to go that same direction and start going there with them. That's what we need to do as the church. We flourish. We flourish as disciples in community. Renewing community. That's what the church is. We support one another. We love one another. We pray for, for one another. We bear with one another. We, we stay on the journey together through life. So the flourishing person, they're not found among the wicked, but they're found among the faithful on this way. And what, do this, what does this faithful community do? What do they do? They delight in the law of the Lord. It's your joy to know, to study, to obey the commands of God. Instead of ignoring them, or even mocking them, as some people do, they are delight and joy and peace. Instead of going with what the wicked say or what the world says, we're going with what the Word of God says. It's delight. And not only do we delight in it, we meditate upon it day and night. The Hebrew word for meditate has the connotation of kind of muttering something under your breath, kind of muttering and repeating something over and over again, like someone who's rehearsing God's Word. And I don't know about you, but I was really encouraged by our church family last week, by all the people who had dedicated themselves to hiding the words of Jesus in their heart and coming to us and ministering to us that way. Even some young children and teenagers and youth among us, you are setting the example for us of the kind of community God calls us to be, meditating on His Word day and night. And that will help produce the transformation and new growth that we're after. Deuteronomy 6 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So not only do we meditate or memorize God's word night and day, the, the people of God, we talk about God's word all day long. All day long. And especially as covenant people, this is who we are. People centered on the book because we believe in its centrality and its transformative power in our lives. And when you keep the word of God at the center of your life and of the church, look how much healthy growth happens. Look at verses 3 and 4. It says that the people who meditate and delight in God's word day and night, they are like a tree. They are a living thing producing life and growth and health. They are planted. That means they have roots. It means they're not going anywhere. They're not shaken by every new idea that, and teaching that comes around. No, they are planted in the Word of God. They are solid. And they're by streams of water, a steady supply of life and nutrients that they need for growth and health and vitality. And because of this steady supply, they will yield fruit. They will produce fruit. 
They will produce something that offers life and joy and nourishment to all those around them. And it says that they will do this in season. That's a reminder, friends, that fruit takes time to develop. It doesn't happen overnight. If you've done any gardening, you know that. Growth takes time. But this person, this community that's so planted in this this way of life, the community of the faithful who are growing in God's word, it is impossible that they will, for them to not bear fruit. It's impossible for fruit not to be born out of this way of life. You will, if you do this, you will have more love. You will have more joy. You will have more peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. You will have it. And your leaf will not wither. Yes, of course, the tree is subject to all the chaotic forces of nature and natural disasters as everything else around it. But even so, their vitality, their life will not depart. Their leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, it prospers because God is watching over their way. How amazing is that? But how opposite the way of the wicked. You, you, you could hardly think of a more opposite image than that of this tree. They are like chaff. No root, no foundation, no life, no vitality, no fruit. They're tossed around so easily by the wind, by every new thing and teaching that comes around, everything they might see on the news or the internet. The wind can just blow it away. There's no foundation. That path not survive the judgment. We know it leads to destruction. So Psalm 1 sets before us what Jesus set before us at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. What kind of life are you going to build? What kind of community are you going to be planted in? What, kind, what path will you choose? Psalm 1 sets before us what Moses set before the people. He said, This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you, that I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to His voice, and hold fast to Him, for the Lord is your life. Friends, God is your life, but you must choose to enter that life. And friends, I believe that we are primed as a church to see new life, new healthy growth emerge over the next several years. The structure is in place. And I truly believe that if we would choose to enter into it, that God wants to pour out His Spirit on this place. I was, I was so moved by that part in the song, Lord, help us to grasp the heights of Your plans for us. Not one person here thought that we would be here today with a building done and renovated and all that's happened. I did not even even expect that. No person here expected that. God did more than we thought. And so my prayer is, God, help us raise our expectations and our hopes to new heights. I believe He wants to pour out His Spirit to see a fresh passion for prayer, a renewed commitment to discipleship and group life together, a re-energized commitment 
to being a missionary church that was planted here to be a witness in our community. I believe God wants to see revitalized hearts that are passionate with His zeal for Him and His house and His kingdom. I'm believing for new friendships, new relationships, reconnected relationships, more followers of Jesus, more baptisms, creative ministries that reach out beyond these walls, creative ministries that reach in and bring us all in and grow us up in the faith. I'm believing God for new and fresh times of joyful and intimate worship with Him. And I'm believing God for a new sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in all that we do. Amen. Friends, I believe by God's grace all of that can be true. But we have to want it. We have to seek it. We have to choose it, it says. We have to choose this way of life, a life that is planted in a church that is constantly talking about God's holy word together. I hope sometimes in my ministry I bore you because I don't want to talk about anything new. I just want to talk about the word of God that you already know. That is what we're doing. We're centering on the word of God. And if we do this, I'm confident that in God's time, by his spirit, he will produce growth in us and around us as we continue to be a community that's planted together in the life-giving power of His Word. Are you all in for that? Amen.